Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Well, if you have your Bibles and you, you'll turn with me, I will attempt to finish a series. <laughs> you can say glory. We will finish one of, of a couple that we have. Amen. Praise God. And we'll turn to 1 Corinthians 14, 37. We'll focus a lot about on, on what we're going to talk about tonight on these, what is found in 1 Corinthians 14. Really, uh, a lot of it is found in 12, 13, and 14. But in verse 37, it says, If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord, that if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. Amen. And I know we've read this a few times. We're going to read it again. Hebrews 10 and 23. Hold, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is. How accurate is that scripture today in our world? but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. We're going to pray in just a moment. I'm going to let you be seated in just a minute. I want to give you a quick update and then we're going to pray. Um, but uh, I was making some phone calls Monday. And uh, uh, those of you who are in prayer, you, you already know this. But Monday I was calling around and I got a hold of one of the pastors. He's uh, a pastor, his name's David, and uh, and they are in a clubhouse currently, and ways I was calling, asking pastors, hey, do you know of any buildings, any properties in the area? We're looking to expand, and we've, we're soon, we'll have ours on the property, um, on the market, or excuse me, yeah, ours on the market, and he said, well, no, I don't know of anything, but I'm in the market for one. I said, well, what kind of, what are you looking for? And he already knew where we were located. He said, well, I'm looking like a church like what you got. And I said, all right. I said, he said, uh, I said, well, would you like to come look at it? He said, absolutely. I said, well, you meet me there at 4.30 today. That was Monday. He came, looked at it, and uh, they primarily uh, are a church, a 55-plus community. They're right, real close to here. And he said, this is perfect for what we need. And uh, he told me kind of, the, he asked me kind of like the, the price range. I said, well, we'll have to get it appraised. But, you know, the range that I've heard is anywhere from 650 to 750. Could be more, could be less. He said, man, hey, so I'm going to contact our superintendent he said whenever you're ready we're ready amen praise God I don't think that's any coincidence church I, I think that is the hand of God in this situation now we're not going to sell tomorrow but who knows what God has in store and so I want us to pray right now and then God is opening up doors uh, and, and brother Rouse sister Rouse, I know you guys have been uh, Monday night they gave a Bible study how many people was there Nine of those young ladies, we baptized, we actually baptized three, I think, total now. And, uh, and they, they gave the Bible study to nine more. God's opening a door for, for, for souls in that area. And I know many others have doors open. And you're giving Bible studies and you're praying for people. And, and so I want us to pray. And we're gonna, I want us to often pray this because uh, we just want to see the hand of God. And we want to obey the voice in the hand of God in the direction of the Lord. Would you lift your hands with me and let's just pray that God would have his perfect will and way and that he would get us in alignment with what he desires. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done. And I thank you, Lord, for what you are going to do. I give you the honor, the praise, the glory. Hallelujah. In advance, I thank you for every door that you are opening. I give you the praise. I ask you, Lord, that you would get us in alignment with your perfect will. Help us, God, to see the path. Help us, God, to see the next step. In the name of the Lord, we will commit to walk in faith. Hallelujah. And not by sight. In the name of Jesus, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. Hallelujah. <coughs> you may be seated tonight. Things are so, so, so many things are happening. What an incredible uh, set of services we have been having, and especially Sunday night as God moved and uh, such a humble, I mean, really, Brother Call, you know, uh, you've been a pastor before, and, and many of you who are in leadership know that, man, what happens Sunday night is so humbling, because uh, I realize that this is a church, we, nobody's rich in this building. I mean, everybody should have said amen. <laughs> Maybe I'm misunder misunderstood, <laughs> but uh, oh, almost, almost over $92,000 was either given or pledged Sunday night from 75 people in the building. 92,000. Yes, 92,000. And uh, we, of course, much of that has to still come in. Amen. We've, we've pledged, but I believe it's going to. I believe God is going to make a, a divine door to open in our lives to make it happen. And I know for some, they're already giving. And uh, I know for some, I, I didn't know this until they told me, but they, God moved upon them to sell some things and um, not buy some things and, and that they were going to buy. And so, you know what? I thank God for a church that will just obey the voice of God. Even if it would have been 60,000 and not 92, I think that we, I thank God we just obeyed the voice of God. Amen. And uh, I do believe that by the time it's over, now this is just me speaking, this is my faith speaking, I believe by it's over, there'll be $100,000 from that Sunday night that we'll be able to look back and say there was $100,000 of a seed offering that was given Sunday night. And uh, just, I know I'm taking a few moments here, we're, we're about to jump into the word of the Lord and into some teaching, but I just uh, was kind of thinking through as I'm just so so moved and stirred and began to thank God, what, what are the next steps? And, and I, I just really felt God say, well, I'm not going to give you the steps. I'm going to show you a step. And then you're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. And I'm okay with that. I just want to be in the perfect will of God. I want to be in the perfect will of God. Amen. And so if you'll, if you'll join me in walking by faith and not by sight, I think God's going to do something incredible. It's going to blow our minds. Amen and amen. But I was thinking uh, with, it, it, you know, with the sale of this property, with our property next door and with that seed offering plus the, the money that was, has been coming in for several years, uh, there's a high possibility. This isn't a business meeting, but most everybody here is, is, is part of this church, if not everybody. And uh, if, if, if God lets it be willed, we'll potentially have oh, close to, or if not more than a million dollars in cash with the sale of this property combined with that to put down on something. Now, now that's incredible. Uh, that's incredible flexibility that that potentially gives us. And so there's a lot of question marks in between that statement and where we're at. But uh, God knows what he's going to do. Amen. And I'm just thankful to be a part of the kingdom of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Well, Sister Angela, I don't know if you can uh, push us forward to uh, if you want to have great church. Do you want to have, continue having great church? It's not if we're going to have great church. We're already having great church. Now, I, if you weren't at senior camp, I'm telling you, I have never in my life been in or seen or heard of services like we had at senior camp. I'm telling you. 
I'm telling you, and not, not just me, but I've, I, I was even talking with some of our elders that were there. I was talking with Brother Allen that was there and Brother Sanson that was there. And, and uh, they were telling me, I have never seen services. I've never been in, in an environment in the presence of God like was there at youth camp. And the only way I could explain it, and I believe it really just started to bleed over to here Sunday night. Uh, we, we were touching some of that. But the only way I can explain it is that it was so genuine. It was so, or genuine. <laughs> it was so effortless. Worship wasn't something that was being pumped by the microphone. It was worship that was, there was nobody in the microphone. There was just praise and worship, and it, not just for 30 minutes, not just for 40 minutes, not just for an hour, or not for two hours, or not even for three, four hours on, there was worship and praise, amen, and some were slain in the spirit, some were running and shouting and jumping, and I think everybody reached every point of those levels at some point, point. and then Sunday came around, and man, what a great move of the Holy Ghost, and we were privileged to baptize two in the name of Jesus Christ, and on Monday, we were able to baptize another young man named Miles in Jesus' name right here on Monday. And God is moving. And I want to continue having great church. I know I said it in this series before. I'm going to say it again tonight. We cannot afford not to have great church. We cannot afford to have not to have great church. We can't afford just to have casual, chalant church because I'm telling you, there is going to become a time where every service that we have, every Sunday that we have, there will be somebody being baptized and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the will of God. It's not the will of God that we just have great services here and we go home. It is the will of God that the waters be troubled every service. It is the will of God that somebody receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that is what we are approaching and that is exactly what will happen. It's the will of God that people receive miracles and healings and we see signs and wonders. But there's only... There's some, some recipes, if you will. There's a recipe to this, this idea of having great church. And I'm not going to go through the ones we've already covered because surely I've got to finish this tonight. And uh, if you haven't, haven't been with us for the first two parts, then go back and, and online and try to catch the first two. Because I want to jump right in here today and I'm going to try my best. <coughs> I can't remember exactly where we stopped, but I believe we stopped with... If we want to have good church or great church, we have to be unified. And I didn't cover all of it, but I remember kind of stopping at Philippians 2 and 2. Fulfill you my, my joy that you be like-minded, uh, same spirit, having the same love. All right, like-mindedness, what is that? That's the same spirit, having the same love. Everybody say same passion. Same. Being of one accord, which is say same purpose. And one mind. Everybody say same focus. Now you can say this with me uh, 10 times real fast. Same spirit, same passion, same purpose, same focus. Same spirit, same fat passion, same purpose, same... One more time. Same spirit, same passion, same purpose, same focus. Like-minded doesn't mean the same personality. Look to your neighbor. Tell him you're different. Because you're all different. We're all just a little bit different. And thank God for that. How boring would it be if we were all the same? Amen. There are extreme differences in personality. I know I'm kind of overlapping. I'm going to quickly move. But if it means you're submitting your personality to all flow with the same spirit in the same way. Everybody's going to worship a little bit different. Not everybody's going to be loud and bolsterous, but somebody's, everybody's going to do something. Now, I don't know about you. I, I'm probably, I'd say I'm probably a little bit more on the loud side and not on the quiet side when it comes to certain things. But uh, I can tell you, I've not met one person that has ever received the Holy Ghost that didn't use their voice to speak in some way. Even the most quietest, uh, backward person, they began to lift up their voice and activate that tongue. 
Amen. And so we are different personality, but we have the same spirit, the same passion, the same purpose, and the same focus. That means we have the same love or affection. We are one in one accord. We are co-spirited. I know I've said it before. I'm going to say it again because I've seen it even since I've said it. It not come to pass. But if you feel to run, and I don't feel to run, but you're running, I don't want to just leave you running by yourself. Come on. That's the same spirit. That's the same passion. That's the same purpose. And that's the same focus. Well, there's someone up here worshiping. I don't want to leave them up here worshiping by themselves. Well, I don't, that's just not my personality to get in front of everybody and come down to the altar and worship. Well, maybe it ought to become the DNA of our church. I said, I think it ought to be the DNA of our church that there not be one person left worshiping by themselves, running by themselves, up here worshiping by themselves, praying by themselves. Now, surely there's opportunity and time and place for, for consecration that is private and, and by yourself. But you kind of get what, the, 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 what I'm trying to communicate is that we are to do this together. And the way I feel does not predicate my worship. Amen. I said the way I feel doesn't predicate my worship. We are in one mind, in one accord. That means that we are to quench not the spirit or grieve not the spirit. Amen. We cannot grieve the spirit, but we grieve the spirit. We quench the spirit whenever we are at odds with each other and not unified. That's why it's so important that we figure out these things before the service begins. <laughs> I'm telling you, one foul Dirty, rotten, bitter, angry spirit can prohibit somebody from receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now hear me. I don't want their blood on my hands. I don't want it to be the reason, me be the reason why the power of God did not fall or move because I began to quench the spirit. But I want to be a contributor to the flow of the Holy Ghost. How, I, mean, I, I know this is teaching, but I feel the Holy Ghost. Because you can't talk about having great church without feeling the atmosphere filled. Amen and amen and amen. If you would, go to uh, slide number 10. Philippians 2 and 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. What makes a great church? What makes a great church? Having great relationships. I'm, gonna, I'm, just, I'm just gonna glaze on this, but this is so vitally important that we capture this and that we activate this. This is more than just me and my wife. This is more than just a few here, but this is everybody. If you want to be used in this church, you don't know what you can do. You don't know what your purpose is. You don't know what your place is. I'm telling you, I'm giving you an opportunity to be part right here with this. Make friendships. Make friendships because that, my friends, is what keeps people. That's what, that's what keeps people when they feel like they're welcome here and, that, and they love me and they care for me. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to be used. I'm going to tell you how to be used. Get that directory that we printed up uh, or go online to our app. And if you have that and get a phone number and start dialing and say, hey, I just wanted to tell you how much I love you, appreciate you. I missed you on Sunday. Don't, we're not condemning people for missing service. Perhaps there was a, a valid reason or maybe they were out of town. We're not, that's not what I'm saying to do. But what I'm saying to do is call them and say, hey, just wanted to let you know we love you and that we missed you and that we're praying for you Amen. or what about this uh, somebody's moving I think it'd be all right if we say hey I can help you move well I, I can barely walk I can't move many boxes hey just showing up and, and being some type of help anyway is showing that you care or maybe say something to somebody hey the so-and-so needs help moving that's is what's going to make a great church is when we got people that want to be here we're a family here at Lighthouse Church, and that means that so many different. That means so many different things. I may have mentioned this, but I, I have two kids, and they love each other. But one minute they hate each other, one minute they love each other. They they love each other like cats and dogs, but they do love each other. That's what family does to each other, all right? Sometimes we, sometimes we, we get a, a bad attitude, but I'm going to tell you what. We ought to for, ask for forgiveness of that bad attitude. 
We ought to give people a little bit of flexibility to have a bad day. Brush shoulders with somebody, they seem a little bit grumpy, just say, all right, moving on. I'm going to let them be grumpy and then let them repent later and then then we'll have fun later. Because everybody has a bad day. Amen. That's what family is. One minute we're, we're hugging and loving each other and the next minute we're maybe perhaps upset each other then back again. But I'm going to tell you what, we should not allow that to impact soul saving business. And I'm going to tell you something else. We need to be very aware that the people that aren't part of the family yet, they don't see that. I'm not saying we cover things up. I'm saying we fix it before it's seen in private. Let me just establish something. I, I wish everybody could hear this that was part of this church. But and I, we, I can't go into it at all tonight, but you can go to Matthew and read it. If you have a fault with a brother or sister, you know what the word of God says to do? Now, a lot of people think, well, I'm going to go to the pastor and tell him. Wrong. That is not the direction of the word of the Lord. The Bible says to go to that person and try to work this thing out. And I'm going to tell you, 98% of the time, maybe even 99% of the time, if you do that and you're both Christians and you both love God, things are going to work out. Things are going to work out. Now, surely some things are said and it hurts and that takes a little bit of time. But you know what? We're going to love each other. And we're not going to avoid praying with each other. In fact, I think it ought to encourage us to worship more together. Amen. Well, someone irritated me, so I'm going to find me a new church. Well, then you're going to probably find your church that's not a real family then. Because if you find a church that every now and again doesn't get on your, you know, something said that kind of frustrates you, then it's not really a family at all. All that is is a gathering. But I'm going to tell you what, we rub shoulders with each other. Amen? We pray together. We worship together. Where it's, this is our second home, a lot of us. Amen? We, 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 we do a lot together. We, we do a lot together. And so sometimes I'm going to say something that's going to rub somebody the wrong way. And I may not mean it like that, Brother Wasman, but it comes across that way. I've had to go to Brother Wasman, haven't I? I've had to go to him and say, hey, I'm sorry. I know how that came out. I did not mean it the way it came. Or maybe I did, but I shouldn't have. I didn't say that. But confession's good for the soul. Amen. But, you know, the reality is we're not, we're not going to have a church full of hand holdings we can't have a revival church filled with baby christians we're not going to grow that way we're not going to grow that way we'll reach a level and then we'll stop but when we get into a maturity to mature christians mature christians say you know what i don't like that i'm going to go to them we're going to figure this out but bless god we're going to have revival tonight i refuse to allow it to affect my spirituality i refuse to allow it I refuse a bad spirit to force me to make an unspiritual decision about a very spiritual matter. I'm talking about moving churches. Oh, I, you, you know, we might as well just talk about it because it all, it, that's, that comes up, that spirit, that bitterness. Well, I'm going to go find something else. I'm going to go find somewhere better. I'm going to do, do this. I'm going to tell you what, you need to be very careful making a, sp a spiritual decision in an unspiritual way. Bitterness will lead you to a lot of bad things. We're not going to have a church where everyone feels we've got to tiptoe around the tulips to make sure that they don't hurt everybody's feelings and steps, steps on pretty toes. I'm going to tell you what, we got to be a church. We got to be a church that gets over it. We got we to gotta pray through it. We got to grow up through it. We got to grow a backbone in the spirit. We got to get a heart of God. We got we to gotta get, get some meat in our, in our spiritual systems. We got we to gotta challenge us ourselves and our spirituality to go to the next level. Why? Because that's what's going to make a great church. Is this all right? We're about to get real spiritual here in a minute. All right. Slide 11. Offended? Somebody say offended. I know I don't want you to say I'm offended. <coughs> Trenton's always offended. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he said I'm offended. I'm going to tell you, you're offended. Well, guess what? You're probably going to get offended at some point, sometime. Listen, we're people. 
Everybody here has feelings. Everybody here has an opinion. Everybody here uh, is, is, is human, flesh. And we all fall, we all think things that we shouldn't think, and sometimes we allow the enemy to tell us things that aren't true. Sometimes we allow the enemy to make things bigger, a mountain out of a molehill. Oh, it happens to everybody, myself included. But God's saying, listen, you're going to get offended. That's no surprise. That's just like Jesus trying to lift you to the highest level of blessing. Why is that? Because Matthew said, blessed are ye when men shall revile you. What does that word mean, revile? That means insult you, reproach you, offend you. If you're going to be something in God, if you're going to, I'm going to tell you this, this is this right here. You, if you're in any, wanting to be any part of a ministry, you've got to get this. If you're going to be something in God, you're going to have to learn to get offended and get over it. If you're going to have any kind of depth in God, you're going to have to learn to lay it on the altar, go to that person, hug them, shake their hand, and anyone and say, I love you and mean it. I want the best for you. Amen. Well, they, they did this. They did that. Don't, don't, it doesn't matter. We got to lay it at the feet of Jesus. We got to put it under the blood of God. I'm telling you what it's going to take to have a great church. Because as long as we focus on these little petty things, God cannot excel us to the great things. You say, well, man, you must be dealing with a lot of problems. Actually, no, but this is, we got to talk about these things. Why not? Why not? I'd rather talk about it behind the pulpit than behind an office door. We might as well just address it and see what the word of God says. Of course, you're going to get offended. Put it on the calendar. It's going to happen. Somebody is going to do something that's going to just make you upset. Somebody's going to say something. We're family. Well, bless God. Hallelujah. You're waiting for it. Don't, you can just take it. You can take it off, bro. Thank you so much. I wasn't even hitting the pulpit. Oh, I'm stepping on it. Okay, that's why. Okay. I'm sorry, don't be offended at me. <laughs> Just kidding. Amen. Of course you're going to get it. <laughs> Praise God. Amen, somebody. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord. We're not going to finish this tonight. I'm sorry. But I blame you tonight. Amen. I beseech you, therefore, you brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and there be no divisions. Everybody say, no divisions among you. That ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same uh, judgment. Again, Philippians 2, slide 12 and 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Strife is the electioneering or intriguing for office. Ooh. The electioneering for office. Always working the situation so that, it, that you come out on top. Always working so you're in a better position personally. Now, I, I can't, truly, I'm trying to think of somebody in this building. I'm looking around. And I, I can't think of anyone that it, this fits. But we need to be very careful that we're not electioneering, electioneering for an office or for a title or for a role or trying to finagle a situation to fit our agenda. Hmm. Well, they asked me to do this, and so if they don't do it my way, then they can do it their way. That's a dirty spirit. Mm, hallelujah. Ooh, it's getting tight in the house tonight. Well, if they don't want to do it my way, then it's my way or the highway. If that truly is your spirit, then I would rather you not do it. Honestly, I honestly would rather you not do any, whatever it is, whatever you've been asked to do or want to do. If your spirit is, it's my way or the highway, that is not going to develop a great church. That's going to develop a church that's kind of ran by a few people, but that is not the will of God. Amen. We are a church family. That means that if somebody wants to help do that 
chore or that task, uh, we need to try our best to make ability for them to help out. It's not, mm, not trying to finagle it so that I'm in a better position personally. All right, Vanglory, this is self-conceited. I'm really important here. So I say I'm really important. (laughs) To the Lord you are. My spot here is really important. If I wasn't here, they wouldn't, they couldn't make it. Brother Caldwell, now, uh, that spirit tries to come into a church every now and again. That spirit that says, what I'm doing is probably way more important than what you're doing. So get off my lawn. This is my job. I'm the sound person. I'm the pianist. I'm the preacher. I'm the prayer warrior. I'm the drummer. Now, I know I'm not calling out anybody, any particular person, but you, you see what I'm saying. Or I, we've got to get past that. We've got, if, if we're dealing with that, I don't know if we are, but if we are, we need to get past that. Listen, you are important to the things of God. You are. And I'm going to tell you, there are, there's a lot of people, almost everybody. If, you were, if you're not here, I notice. And my wife notices. And I know for certain, uh, Sister Marsh is over our guests. She notices because she'll text me. Hey, do you know what? You know what or my wife, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm here. Well, I'm going to tell on you a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm worshiping my, I mean, I'm trying to get into a guy. Hey, where's so-and-so? I, I don't know. I, they didn't text me. They didn't call me. I have no clue. They could be in a hospital. I don't know. They could be, I don't know. They could be fine. They slept in. I don't know. But we notice when you're not here. I said we notice. When, I'm going to tell you where I really notice it. I notice it when the preaching's being put forth. And even if I'm not behind the pulpit. I notice it whenever the altar, uh, altar service is happening because we feel the absence of your presence. Every person, I feel that. Oh, no, you don't, you don't notice me. I'm just kind of in the corner. I just kind of, no, I notice. Well, I didn't receive a phone call. Well, I didn't receive a phone call either. But that doesn't mean that you're not loved, appreciated, or missed. Amen. We've got to get rid of that idea that, that I'm really important here and that no, they can't make it without me. We do need you. God needs me. But God can replace me. I said God can replace me. If ever I choose, hey, I get that spirit, that attitude, nobody can be used, through, nobody can speak except through me. That's, that's, that's false. And God will replace me. Or anybody else. Here's the antidote. Finishing that verse in second in Philippians two and three. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. I'm going to view. Here's how the antidote of, the, of these of strife and vainglory. The the antidote is I'm going to view you better than me. I'm going to view you better than me. I'm going to prefer my brother before me. I'm going to prefer my sister before me. That is what a servant is. That, that's the type of spirit and attitude that says when Jesus walked into the room, let me wash the feet of the disciples. Amen. Oh, they didn't bother to wash his, but he, he washed their feet. Yes, Amen. We got to move on quickly. We had a quick worship session, so I got a little bit of time. Praise God. Everybody okay? Amen. Amen. You have to say that. Amen. I'm just kidding. Slide 13, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I want to be more concerned about your welfare than my own. What can I do to help you accomplish your job? What can I do to help you be closer to God? What can I do for you? When we have that mentality, we remove what can the church do for me? And we say, what can I do for the church? Not just Lighthouse Church, but I mean the church of the living God. When we have that spirit that says, hey, what can I do to help that person grow in God? (laughs) If you want to have great church, 
This is where it's going to get real spiritual. Focus, everybody say focus, is important. If we want to have great church, focus is, is important. You should really, really try to pay attention in church. Mm-hmm. Well, hallelujah. We should try not to sleep. Mm-hmm. Now we need the organ going, sister. Because <laughs> that's the only way this is not going to be tight. Because <laughs> every single person in the sound of my voice has felt a little weary in a service from time to time. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care what title you have. I, it does not matter. Every single one of us has been sitting there thinking, it's pretty comfortable right here. All right? But we ought, we've got to do our best. Sometimes it's hard. But we got to do our best to pay attention in church and what God is doing. I've seen some people intentionally embrace distractions so they can avoid the power of the word. I've seen some intentionally embrace distractions to avoid the power of conviction. Now, I'm not targeting Mackenzie or Caleb tonight because surely I've had kids that has been a distraction. And little Alora, oh, Brother Wiseman, he's saying amen. Little Alora is not too much of it. Now, I'm not talking about Alora crying or any of these babies crying. I'd much rather have kids crying and be in church than them quiet and be at home. Well, that's my personal view. So bring your babies to church. Amen. And then they'll, in time, they'll learn how to sit through a service and, and then they'll, they'll get the Holy Ghost because they're in service and they'll be saved. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the, oh, pass them to me. Oh, oh, hey, hey, can I order for a few minutes? And the preacher's bust, he's, he's preaching his guts out. And our heads and our minds are over here on, man, I'm already preaching against the Lord. She's only been here two services, but we're going to have another one here soon. We're going to have revival one way or the other. Amen. (laughs) But I'm telling you, focus is so important. If you want to have great church, we got to do everything we can to avoid these distractions. And I'm going to tell you what some people will do. And mamas and daddies, you hear me when I say this. Whenever altar call is happening, whenever, the, whenever there's conviction, you hopefully have enough spiritual discernment to know when I'm talking about. Uh, that's a, the prime time when somebody that needs to be in the altar says, oh, let me take care of them for a little bit. Oh, let me take them out. No. No. Not happening. Why? Because that is them, and sometimes, I'm not saying every time, sometimes that's them intentionally trying to find an excuse to get out of the presence of God. Amen. Well, I told you it was going to be very spiritual, this part. When conviction begins to fall, that baby becomes so cute. When convention, conviction begins to fall, what's happening on our cell phones becomes more important than what's happening in the service. Put your phone on silent. Minimize distractions. Put your phones on silent. Minimize distractions. Well, hallelujah. You know, me and Brother Vargas was talking about this the other day. We were reminiscing about, there was a, a time in American history, some of you, a lot of you know the time in which I'm talking about, where Get this, people actually left their phones at home. Can you believe it, Sister Wiseman? People actually came to church without a phone. And everybody was okay. Get this, there was a time when the phone was stuck to the wall and people still made it to church. They made it through church and they made it home safely and their phone was still on the wall. 
Can I tell you, if, if your phone distracts you in prayer, I, 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 oh, God, help me, Lord. I'm not targeting anybody, but I'm telling you, you cannot be focused and in the flow of the Holy Ghost if you are distracted by your phone and not praying or not worshiping or not listening to the preached word of God. Now, I know that some of us take notes on our devices, and I, I get that. But I'm going to tell you, this is just me, what I have found for me. I have found that I find it very difficult to take notes on a digital device and stay focused away from any text messages that I get. So in my brown bag, I have a notebook in an old-fashioned pen, and I've kind of committed, you know what? You can ask my wife. I used to take notes on my iPad all the time. I'm going to make physical notes now because I cannot be distracted by the things that's going on on my cell phone or on my iPad. Because what's happening here is far more important than what anything can happen. Because you know what? God's going to take care of that. And listen, you may be able to handle it. You may be able to handle it. But what we are doing is we're teaching people that don't know better that, oh, I could, I could, I could be in the back. I can kind of sit and listen to service and still be scrolling on Instagram. And, and I'm going to tell you, that happens in this church. Now, maybe not nobody here, but it happens in this church where people are in service and they're on Facebook or on playing a game on their phone. If we want the old-fashioned services, if we want the old, the genuine move of the Holy Ghost, and listen, I'm not knocking our service. We've been having some great church. I, 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 but hey, I want more. I said, I want more. I want more. I want more of the genuine flow of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you what, if we'll remove some of these things that our world has brought in as distractions, I just feel that God's going to allow us to go to another level in the presence and the spirit of God. Hey, there may be a soul that's watching you and they think, oh, that's okay. That's not okay. But I want you to see me worship. Not because I'm trying to be something great, but let me teach you how to war. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now I'm preaching to myself first and you second. I'm preaching, well actually I'm preaching to myself first and my wife second. But do whatever you can to keep your children from distracting others. One thing that bugs me and it has for years and I haven't fixed it. I've asked my mom to help me and she's helped. I don't like it when my kids go back and forth. Back and forth, back and forth. And so I get on to them because that distracts. Hey, listen, I'm okay if you want to sit back there and it, but stay there and be in worship. Now, that's just me. You want to go to the front? I'm okay with that. But now's not the time to be talking with your friends. Now it's time to be in service. All right? We're just, we're just trying to have great church. We're trying to capitalize on the time that we're here. I'd rather, again, I'd rather have the sound of children in church than not to have our children at all. So that's not what I'm talking about. But do what you can, if you at all possible, to avoid distractions. I have two children myself. I know how difficult that can be. And listen, I'd, again, I would rather you be here and then be a distraction. Because in time, they'll get it. And it'll, it'll work on them. Little Weston's not in here, but man, he's gotten so much better since he's been coming to church. But I'm telling you, that's what will happen. Praise it. Well, somebody said, yep, that's what happens. <laughs> Slide 15. Don't give attention. Don't give attention to distraction. Now, Brother Caleb, you just so happen to be getting up right when I'm saying this. But when somebody gets up and walks out, I'm going to tell you what happens to a lot of people. Preacher's preaching his guts out, and we're thinking, oh, look, somebody's up. Somebody's walking. Oh, they almost tripped. Oh, but they're okay. And we just missed some major points of what God's trying to do. I said this is very spiritual, but I'm talking about having great church. Focus is important. Everybody here, to my knowledge, has a bladder. 
Oh, we just got real spiritual. I said, everybody here has a bladder. Try to use the restroom before service. Now, listen, I get there, there are some with health issues. Now, I'm not talking about that. But a large majority of us, including me, can go before service starts. Including my children can go before service starts. Now, there's going to be a day if God tarries and I live, and I hope so, that I have those problems that come in the, at those times. All right? Not talking about that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, our children should use the restroom before service. Because really, they don't need to use the restroom. They want to go and have fun in the bathrooms. Amen. I know it's super spiritual. Make sure they go to the restroom. Amen. Messages to each other. We're trying to minimize the movement. But when we're texting each other, that's not flowing with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, whatever we can say to each other, I'm guilty. Oh, listen, I told you I'm preaching myself. I'm preaching my wife second, and I'm preaching to Brother Wasman third. <laughs> He's not here. He would be third. <laughs> listen, we're just family. We're, I'm just joking. Kind of. But <laughs> listen, whatever we can say can wait. Right. Or if it's that important... I, I, sometimes I'll, 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 you know, I'll come right now. This is me. Whenever I need to come up over here, I don't come typically unless it's worship right here. I go around again, trying to minimize distraction. That's just what I try to do, but it can wait. We're trying to minimize the movement. That's not spirit led. Why, why am I, why are we talking about some of these things that seem very unspiritual? I'm going to tell you why it affects the flow of the Holy ghost. It affects the flow of the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to minimize distractions and maximize the flow of the Holy Ghost. Come on, say it with me. Minimize distraction, maximize the flow of the Holy Ghost. And we're all guilty. Every single one of us is guilty for something around that I've talked about, including myself, in multiple ways. But I'm telling you, if we're just aware of these things and we try to help each other, we try to make sure that, hey, when we're here in service, we got to have a great move of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. i got to move quickly. I told you I'm not going to finish this. I'm not. Sister Angela, you know I'm not because you've seen the slides. <laughs> Maximize the distractions or minimize the distractions. Maximize the flow. <laughs> Praise God. This, this is an indication that you need to quit. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Because souls are in the balance. Souls are in the balance. Let me tell you, there is a lot of work that goes on prior to service to see a flow of the Holy Ghost. A lot of work goes in to get visitors and guests here. A lot of work goes in. There are several of us that you're out there in the grocery store. You're out there on the street. You're out there witnessing, talking to people, telling them about the Lord, giving them Bible studies, praying for them, being their friend. Man, when we get here, Now's the time to maximize the flow of the Holy Ghost. Minimize any distraction that we can, and let's maximize the flow of the Holy Ghost because souls are in the balance. The devil is a distraction king. Slide 16. We'll move, we'll move on to that. I'll make this my last one, and then we'll, we'll finish up, I promise. But we got to get through this one. <coughs> if we want to have great church... We need to make a meaningful, meaningful contribution. You could either be a spectator or a participator. Let me ask you a question. This is the question we need to ask every service. What am I doing to contribute to this service? Well, I'm not on the platform. You're missing the point. What are you doing to contribute to the service? I'm going to tell you what. A worshiper, an intercessor can change the dynamic of a service just like that. One person, one person's spirit that say, you know what? I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. I'm going to pray. Listen, if nobody else wants to do it, 
I'm going to be the extravagant worshiper. And I'm going to tell you what you are, ma'am or sir. You are the spark of what creates a great move of God. What are we contributing to the service? Everyone has something to contribute. Everybody. Everybody has a talent. You've got talent. You've got ability. You've got resources. You've got energy. You've got power. God's just trying to pull it out of you. What are you adding in prayer? What are you adding in fasting? What are you adding in finances? What are you adding in our events? What are you adding in the, in the activities? What are you adding to worship? And where are we? Is our mind really here? Is our spirit really here? Are we at Denny's already? Are we at the restaurant already? Are we at home already? Listen, we're flesh. We're all flesh here. We all have some of those tendencies to say, man, I got work tomorrow. But listen, we got it. We got to shake ourselves and say, listen, what matters is what we're doing right here. Souls are in the balance. Souls are in the balance. I've got to make a meaningful contribution to the flow of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Matthew 20, 20, even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, to give his life a ransom for many. Let me tell you, ministry is special. Somebody say that with me. Ministry is special. When you have problems and you help someone else, you get ministered to. That seems backward, doesn't it? But I'm going to tell you, that's how, the, that's how currency works in the kingdom of God. I may be feeling wore out, tired, uh, just uh, maybe stressed out, maybe uh, I'm frustrated, maybe there's a hundred reasons, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's only one major reason why I wouldn't go pray, why I wouldn't go pray with somebody, why, why, I, why I shouldn't worship, all of these things. But I'm going to tell you, when you decide and you make up your mind that even though I've got problems, I'm going to go help somebody else, I'm telling you, God ministers to you. How do I know this? And how do I know it to be fact? Because God will be a debtor to no man. If you will give unto the kingdom of God, I, I'm telling you, you can prove him. You can prove it if you want to. God will be a debtor to nobody. You give of yourself and you're in, yourself in need. God will give unto you. The word of God says give and then it shall be given. That's more than just tithe and offering. That's of ministry. That's of your resources. That's of your energy. That's of you, of your person as a being. Give, and then it shall be given. Well, once God heals me, then I'll give. No, that's not how this operates. Oh, well, once I feel right, then I'll, I'll get with it. No, 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 that's not how this operates. So he says, worship me for who I am, and then I'll see if I won't pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. <laughs> ministry is special. When we have problems, when we have problems, and we all have problems. <clears throat> if I gave this mic to everybody here, we'd be here until next week telling about all the problems that we probably got. It rains on the just and the unjust. The only difference is I'm walking with God Amen. by choice. And, and people that aren't can too if they choose. But we should bring those problems to the Lord and immediately, once we give it to God, immediately turn to somebody else. How can I help you? This is why pre-service prayer is so vitally important. I'm giving unto the Lord. I'm laying everything down on the altar because I'm going to take... Now, you musicians can help me out, but I believe in all you singers and teachers and anybody that's ever been used in ministry or in any type of, uh, of part of the service, you can say amen when I say, there are some times I don't want to get behind the piano. If I let my flesh dictate what I'm about to do, I'm going to go sit down. But I'm going to tell you what a mature person in, the, in God does. God, I'm going to you know what? I've got some issues. I've got some problems. I, my body, this, all, all the things. But God, I'm giving it to you because I'm about to pour out unto them. Because that's exactly what you're doing. When you play on the bass or the guitar or the piano or organ or you sing or you teach, you're giving of yourself. And God says when you give unto, your, unto to the, to the kingdom, I will give unto you. When we will put first the kingdom of God, that's when everything else. First the kingdom. First the kingdom. First the kingdom. And I believe when you put the kingdom first, God will begin giving you things that you didn't even pray for. 
I'm just a living testimony of that. I, I just got to tell you what I, what I can testify. There's been some things I've not even ever asked God for, but he gives them or he, he does it because, you know, he, he's kept me from things that I didn't even know, I still don't know about. I didn't know it was going to happen, but because somewhere along the way I made up my mind to give unto the Lord, he said, you know what? I've got you. Because you had my people, I've got you. How much, what are we contributing? Are we making a meaningful contribution? Amen. I've got the worst report I've ever had. I've got the most pain I've ever had. I'm going through so much mental, physical, financial strain, whatever. You fill in the blank. Bring it to the altar. Give God the praise once you're done. And then go find somebody to pray with. Go find somebody to, God bless them. God heal them. Well, I, I ain't got my healing yet. I ain't got my blessing. God bless them before you bless me. God heal them before you heal me. God give unto them. Oh, that's backwards, but that is the currency of the kingdom. When we will give of ourselves. When you start putting your virtue into somebody else, he will put his into you. I'm going to say it again. When you put your virtue into somebody else, he'll put his into you. And he'll bless your soul. What contribution, meaningful contribution are we making? <coughs> this is later on, but I, I do have to cover this. But we need to get to a point. I don't know, Sister Angela, if you can go to, uh, to a slide. We're going we're gonna to wrap up here. But I'm, just give me a couple more minutes. Slide 22. Or Ava, sorry. I've been saying Angela the whole time. Man, Ava, you're doing a great job back there. Praise God. Amen. If we're going to have great church, if we're going to have great church, we must learn to flow beyond what is instructed. Is that what this is? Yeah, that's what's up there. I'm going to say it again. If we are going to have great church and continue to have even greater church, we need to move from the realm of instruction to obedience. Is everybody with me? When the music stops, oftentimes the worship comes to a screeching stop. When that was a horrible screech. I know, Brother Rao, you're I know it was horrible. But listen, when the worship start, stops, the worship shouldn't stop. So many times I've seen it. And I've been guilty, but I've seen it. And we've got to move past this. We've got to get, we've got to get beyond this as a church body. We've got to get beyond this because I'm going to tell you so many times, everybody lift your hands and let's worship God. Yeah. Put the mic down. 10 seconds later, we've done our worship. 30 seconds later, we've done our worship. We're ready to move on. The spirit of the clock has just walked back in. We've got to get rid of that. We've we got to get out of this mentality that we've got to be pumped and primed by the pulpit and by the mic to worship God. Now, I'm not saying ignore the instruction coming behind the pulpit. That's not what I'm suggesting. Surely, we were going to talk about it. Surely, everything should be done decently and in order. There's order for everything. There is a time where, you know what? Everybody stop praying for just a second. There's times for that. But I'm going to tell you, more times than not, we need to get beyond the instruction and just flow with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, that's, what, that, that's what's going to make a great church. When, when, when the worship leader doesn't have to be up here and poking and priming and, and oh, man, come on, worship. And well, everybody lift your hands again. And everybody clap your hands. I'm going to tell you what I do. And you know what? Everybody here, just, you, this is an incredible church. That I've gotten out, I've got deliberately told myself, don't get in the mic. Put the mic down. And just let God work. Yeah. Just let God move. Yeah. Because I could sit here and say, everybody lift your hands, everybody clap for, you know. I could, no, no, no. That, I don't think that's the will of God. The will of God is that we create an atmosphere of worship where it is effortless worship. 
It's sacrificial worship. It's wor- Hey, listen, if, 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 if the worship takes over, God moves in and he decides, hey, preaching's not happening tonight, then so be it. If Hey, like Sunday night, hey, you know, we're going to move past offering. And I know there was a part a few people say, well, he didn't take offering. No, I know he didn't take offering because I felt the flow of the Holy Ghost was moving. And guess what? God took care of the bills. I said, God took care of the bills. As long as we will put him first and... We've got to move past this here, this mic and, and uh, somebody being there and kind of cheering us on. So the next time the worship start, stops, let the worship really begin to start. <laughs> and for anybody who gets behind the pulpit, perhaps I shouldn't say this in this setting, but I'm going to say it anyway. For anybody that takes this mic and you're leading worship or you take it over to from worship This is my, not just my request, this is my requirement. So everybody knows. My requirement is, is that you not just come up here, take the mic, everybody be seated. Oh, man. I would say it irritates me, but it it, kind of hurts my spirit because I know I know how much I've prayed. I know how much my wife has prayed and fasted. And I, I know how some of you have prayed and fasted. And I, I saw the people there for pre-service prayer who were, who were praying. And, and I know, I know the, the hours that going into practice. And I know I saw them singing their guts out up here. And the last thing we need to do is just to get up here and say, okay, everybody be seated. But we need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Give, give God just a little bit of time to, to and maybe discern what God is doing in the Spirit. And I'd much rather you just wait and do nothing than to move on and we miss something that God wants to do. We've got to move past. If we're going to have great church, we've got to learn to flow beyond what is being instructed. Let's all stand tonight. I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to correct anybody or paint anybody into a corner or make anybody feel bad. Please, I hope that's not what, the way my tone has come across. I want to have, I want to continue having great, 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 great church. And I believe everybody here wants to continue having great church. But if we're going to do that, we've got to minimize distraction, maximize flow. Again, we've already talked about some of these other things. And somewhere along the way, I'll finish this up. Amen. But I'm telling you, if, if we can just kind of grasp that, that idea, that, that concept tonight, minimize distraction, maximize flow, make a meaningful contribution. Make a meaningful contribution. Make a meaningful contribution. What does that look like to make a meaningful contribution? doesn't always mean you're on the platform. A meaningful contribution, I believe, is being here for prayer. Man, I'm going to tell you what. We had some great pre-service prayer Sunday, both services. We had a great Monday night prayer. Powerful move of God. And they just keep getting better and better. But I, I long for the day. And I believe we're right around the corner, Brother Ralph, Sister Ralph, for this to happen. I long for the day where that pre-service prayer, God just steps in. And we are so sensitive, so keen to the flow of the Holy Ghost that we say, Brother Wasmut, we don't need any music. We don't need any, we, no, we're going we're gonna to pray for an hour and a half. We're going to pray for two hours until God's through. Come on. Come on. We can preach about it until we're blue in the face. But at some point, we got to say, God, just take over and have your will. I'm not trying to fabricate anything. I just want us to flow with the Holy Ghost. Can we lift our hands right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, God. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you, Lord, for flowing through this church. I give you the praise and the honor, God, for the people of Lighthouse to have a desire, to have a burden for souls and to see souls saved. Hallelujah, 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would it be all right to let God flow in this place for a few moments right now? Hallelujah. Maybe we could step out of our aisle and find somewhere. You don't have to even come up front. Maybe go in the back. Maybe make a, maybe begin to walk around this building and let's just love God. Let's just worship him for a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's make it our prayer. God, help us. Help us to do everything we can in our ability to give, to give you the glory and the honor and the praise that you are worthy of. God, so that your presence and your glory can fall. Hallelujah. Help us, God, to create and contribute to an atmosphere, God, where lives can be changed and people can be healed and chains broken. Hallelujah. Come on, let's make a meaningful contribution here in this altar service right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Perhaps there's somebody that needs something. God's still able to do anything here. God's still able to heal. God's still able to save and deliver. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Alama. Yes, she ain't the bono by it and God, keep us in a spirit of unity. Hallelujah. We're family, but God, let us not ever cross. Let us not give the enemy any, any opportunity to wedge his way in between this family, God, to cause division. Yes, hallelujah. God, help us, Lord, to feast on the meat of the things of God, the deep things of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah.